something great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon, swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup actually just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to a special edition, a different kind of episode. It's episode 39 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. How is everybody doing right now? It is just, um, it is in the mix right now of the holiday season here in the United States, here in North America and around the world, but especially here in the United States as we celebrate the holiday of Thanksgiving this week here in November. Um, what I'm going to do in this episode, it's a different kind of episode, it's a little bit of a trial, something I've always wanted to do, um, something I've tried to do for a long time, and with things the way they are right now at the club, and um, with you know results being what they are, um, performances being much worse than results right now. I mean, uh, we just saw yesterday <laughs> in this weekend, we saw our team struggle against a semi-professional side. Who, uh, fortunate to advance in the Taça de Portugal uh, on the road at Vizela against, uh, you know, a semi-professional team. That's unacceptable. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to lighten the mood, all right? We'll have an episode later uh, about the Vizela match. It'll probably be in episode 40. I'm not sure yet if in episode 40 we will cover just the Vizela match or if I'm going to combine uh Vizela match with the upcoming Champions League match this week. We'll see how much of a disaster the trip to Leipzig is and whether or not I want to devote an entire episode to that. Um, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take everybody in the time machine, all right? The episode you're about to listen to, I recorded a few weeks ago um, in the when the idea came to me, essentially. What happens is... Um, at least for me, one of the things I love to do uh, when I do have a few minutes of free time and um, I do like to watch old football matches on YouTube, okay? YouTube, Footballia, one of those, that's basically the two places, sometimes on um, sometimes on, on Daily Motion as well. But this match comes from YouTube and the, the link to the, the match is going to be in the show notes. So bef- if you'd like to, before listening to the show, go ahead and put this on pause. Uh, go in the show notes, click on the link, watch the match. It's a full match. This is going to be a long episode, all right, um, because this is going to be a watch-along, okay? I started to watch this match, and then I decided 
that what I should do rather than just watch it um, and potentially review it later because I've always wanted to review old classic matches, okay? I've always wanted to. Um, and I've planned to do it in the past, and it's just never quite happened. Um, what I decided to do this time was to restart that match and to press record, okay? And what you're going to do now is you're going to be listening to me watching it essentially for the first time, all right? We're going back to 2001 tonight, okay? This episode goes back to September of 2001. It's at Benfica Porto at the Stadio de Luz, all right, in the 2001-2002 season. Um, the old Stadio de Luz before, before it was torn down. And I think it's quite the trip into nostalgia, all right? And we're going right into the heart of the Vietnam era, right into the heart of the dry spell for Benfica years and years and years. Years without any titles, um, a decade if if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, from '94 to 2005 without a title. So we're right smack like in the middle of that um, at the start of the second half of that decade of of no championships. But this is early in the season, obviously, and there's hope in the side. But it's a much different Befica, and the our opponents on the other side, and you know, with history being, um, with hindsight being 2020, we look at our opponent in this episode, and this is an opponent that would go on to do some great things. But what we see here is the the building se- the seeds being planted for that team that later in the decade would really conquer the world. Um, on the other side of the field against us. And let, we'll take a look at what kind of team uh, both teams put on the field in 2001. And just, we can get into uh, perhaps how it's changed in the now nine, almost 19 years or 18 years since uh, this match was played. Um, but again, I have not watched the full match. I have not looked up the result, okay? I have managed to stay away from that. I don't know any facts about it. So I'm going to be watching this. Uh, I've watched it. But in the recording you're about to hear, I'm watching it for the first time, all right? So um, you'll hear my reaction to it as we take a trip back in time to 2001. Benfica versus Football Club do Porto, Clásico. Um, at the old Stadio de Luz, and uh, the television broadcast comes courtesy of Seek. And the reason I've never seen it is because I had no access to Seek in 2001. So this is real interesting for me. Um, in 2001, it was it was RTP or nothing, okay? And RTP had just lost the rights to broadcasting most of these league games. So it was, uh, in addition to Benfica not producing anything there and not winning any titles in that Vietnam era, it was even more um, upsetting of a time for me because I lost the ability to watch it, the team. In 2001, there was no streaming. There was no, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky if I could find a radio feed online. Um, it's very possible that I listened to this game on a laptop or on a desktop uh, with a with antenna um streaming audio. If it worked, it wasn't reliable in those days, at least not for the internet I had. And um, you know, there was no BTV, there was no access to this. It was RTP or nothing, and we, you know, RTP was not broadcasting these games. So on top of not being able to not winning anything, I wasn't able to watch my team for a long time. So it's really a credit to all of us Benficistas abroad how we've managed to follow this team throughout some of these uh, 
these blackouts, if you will, years worth of blackouts from these matches. And now the, the, the coin is flipped where there's a lot of people in Portugal not able to watch these matches because they're played on high premium television. Again, RTP is still lo locked out of the league as far as I know. Um, they may have a match here or there. They do broadcast matches to us here internationally, but I believe domestically they don't have any TV right, any any broadcast rights for the Liga Nage to this day. I believe everything is, is broadcast either on Sport TV or on BTV. BTV, the only exception to Sport TV's basic um, exclusive coverage of the league. So there's a lot of Portuguese people that are, are today blacked out of the league, or they, but they, they can always go to cafes and go to places like that where they can watch the matches, but watching in the comfort of your own home is today not a reality for many people in Portugal. Just like what people don't understand too, and I was talking at work to a co-worker regarding uh, the English Premier League, somebody who doesn't really understand our sport very much, big on, a big NFL fan, and he was asking if tickets in the Premier League are as hard to obtain as in the NFL. And I told him, well, it depends who you support. And he said, well, Manchester City, Manchester United, uh, are those hard tickets to come by? And I said, absolutely, because the majority of the Tickets that go to the general public go to two-season ticket holders. Very, very similar with our Red Pass now at Befica. And if you don't have season tickets in the Premier League, it, the tickets are, one, extremely expensive, and two, almost impossible to come by. And he said, wow. So, it's, But then I explained to him, it's it doesn't stop there in England. See, we watch a lot of football here. We watch a lot of sports. All of our leagues in North America are broadcast on television, um, on, you know, for the most part on either free or cheap to air uh, television networks. But in England, everything is on pay television, if it's even televised. Okay, the BBC only shows the FA Cup final. The, you know, um, everything else, I believe Sky Sports has the exclusive coverage of in Great Britain. I could be wrong. Anyone in the UK that wants to um, privately let me know that I'm wrong, I'm, I'm more than welcome to that information. But this is how I've understood it from people who I've spoken to. It's very hard to catch Premier League matches in England unless you sign up for like the most expensive satellite or cable package that you can. Um, but I explained to this coworker that you know in England the matches on Saturday at 3 p.m. are all blacked out. No, there's no televising in order to protect the gates at local football. And you know he was completely completely um, confused by the idea of not televising matches because as we know here in North America, uh, professional sports is now a television product. It's not a uh, live attendance product anymore. The, the live attendance is just part of the television presentation here in North America. And I think Liga Nage is very much that kind of league now as well because they're putting matches at, at times where you'll only watch at home on TV. I mean, you got matches kicking off at 9.15 at night on a weeknight. Um, and you could see there's 800, 900, you know, one, two, three thousand people tops at some of these matches. And it's not because, and the league's not interested in attendances. The league is interested in television. So um, back in 2001, the it was a little bit different of a league. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, and I think you'll be interested to listen to me react as we go through uh, this match, okay? And um, just take a look at how, how much has changed in the last 18 years. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it, all right? I do have to pay a bill before I put this on, so stick with me for a minute, all right? There will be um, just one ad coming up, and then Reconquista, and 
as always, and then we'll be into the live watch the watch along. It won't be live anymore, of course, but into the watch along. All right, so stay where you are. Don't move a muscle. I'll see you on the other side. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. If you choose the uh, if you choose Facebook as your primary means of social media. Not a problem. Just type in the two words Mr. and Benfica into your search uh, browser, into your search bar, and you will find the Facebook page for the show. Stay right there. We will be right back. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Carregas sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Welcome back, everybody, to Mr. Benfica, episode 39, the watch-along Benfica Porth from 2001, fall of 2001. Now, before we start this, okay, just going to uh, let you know... Um, Hopefully this will sound good. I do have my headphones on right now, and I am listening. I will be listening once I press play to the commentary of this match, okay? Uh, I will be listening to it low, but I will be listening to it in case there's something that I want to uh, comment on or share. Also, um, hopefully uh, this computer does not freeze, uh, does not decide to restart and update. Hopefully nothing goes wrong as... Um, as I'm about to, as I've pressed record, and now I plan to record for the next 45 to 50 minutes uh, for the entirety of the first half, as I um, as we watch along this match. All right, so why don't you now, if you haven't already, press pause, click on the link, okay? Click on the link to the match, uh, throw it up on your on your smart TV or on your tablet, on your smartphone, on your laptop, whatever it may be, and then. Uh, Grab another device to listen to the episode and um, press play. All right, so what I'm going to do is once you've got it up, okay, 
Um, we're going to press play. I'm going to say press play, and we're going to watch the match. Hopefully there's no buffering on my feed either because um, it could uh, unsynchronize with, with your listening. But we'll see how this works out, okay? So I'm going to press play in three, two, one. All right. Classic opening right there from Seek. We still see this kind of opening today, but grande jogo. Okay. You can see. Look at that crowd. Look at the Benfiquistas. Now, I see the Super Dragões logo there in the bottom right corner of the screen. Oh, come on. Uh, what is wrong with her? What is wrong with her as Benfica girl kissing her Portista boyfriend in the middle of the Stadio de Luz? No, I see the Super Dragões logo there in the bottom right corner. So I'm guessing this is posted by by a Portista, which um, this already scares me about the result. As I said, I didn't look this up. I don't know how it finished. Um, but look at the look at the old Stadio de Luz. Unbelievable. Packed. There's the TIFO. They're using uh, some cellophane there. Oh, and there's those two. There, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna mimic the couple before. Yeah. Well, look, look at, look at the hope on the Benficistas here. Beginning of a new season, 2001. The team hadn't won anything since '94, and you know, every year we came back for more. Every year it was our year. I remember this time. You know, um, oh, there's some. There's a Freddie Mercury lookalike there for Porto. And, oh, yeah. Wow, that guy. He's going to wish he wasn't on TV. <laughs> uh, some Porto fans there. This Look at that classic yellow Benfica jersey. I remember wanting one of those. I never got that one. I got the silver one that came out a year or two later. Um, and Portista being classy right there with the middle fingers flying. But look at the... Okay, we got another Portista with the American flag under... Her jersey and, well, yeah, September 2001. Wow. Getting chills thinking about that. Look at them come out. Look at this. Look how much less of a production it is, but yet how much more organic the atmosphere is. Look at those fans. Benfica is going crazy in the stadium. Probably close to 100,000 in the stadium on this one. If the flares go off. See the captains. Unbelievable. But yeah, this this is shortly this must be just after uh the tragic events of 9-11, cause I'm seeing American flags in the crowd. And um man, do I remember that day like it was yesterday. I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, twelfth grade, my last year. And I had a huge match that afternoon. I could not wait. There's Vitor Pereira, the referee. Jorge Costa, the Porto captain. Let's see who the Benfica captain was. Got the Terceira Nel full, packed to the rafters. Um, getting back to it. Yeah, I remember. I had a big match that, that, that afternoon. And about 9 a.m., teacher comes running into my classroom saying that a plane had just hit the World Trade Center in New York City and first was thought what a horrible accident you know before she look at Montojas there wow there's the the genu before we could uh, before we Benfica anthem goes off 
before we could know what happened, another one hit the tower, and I remember where I said to myself, holy crap. And my first reaction was, you know, what's next? The world has just changed, and it sure did. And, uh, yeah, I get a little chills thinking about that, but there you see the captains with Vitor Pereira, Fernando Meira, and George Costa. And you can you can even hear the con the conversation between Vitor Pereira and the captains. The crowd is hardly singing. There's Carlos Andrade. That right there, guys. That is Benfica's current women's football coach, Carlos Andrade. He's uh he was in the match here, a starter wearing the number twenty seven that now belongs to Rafa. Look at these these fans are are on their feet. They're ready to go. This looks like a party. This really this doesn't look like the Benfica crowds of today, does it? Canada playing for Benfica. There's Magi Deku. I know he's a Porto player, but man, what a player Deku was. So glad he decided to play for Portugal. He was huge. So here we have a one minute uh, of silence in memory of the victims of the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. And you see the announcers right there. See Deku? Those Porto jerseys are pretty hideous, the half and half. Look at that. Tony, the manager. That's Josualdo Ferreira next to him as the assistant. Luis Ferreira behind him. Montojas there. Very respectful crowd here. American flag. Man, if the victims of that... The victims of that disaster would wake up today and see just... Um, how divided the United States, I'm not going to get political, but just how polarly divided the Amer United States of America have become. It, it's saddening. Drulovic right there. Look at Drulovic. He represented both teams. All right. Ofshnikov, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? <laughs> Ofchenikov, he played for us for a while. Now he's playing for the opposite side, Russian international. And, uh, you know, since we're sitting back and watching a match, go ahead and grab yourself a cold one. Go to the fridge. It's Miller time. Uh, the late, great Robert Anka right there. The late, great Robert Anka. What a tragedy. What would happen to him a few years later? Just We just went past the 10th anniversary of that. And Porto kicks off here. So we're learning from the announcer that last year they tied 1-1, but Befica won um, in the Tasa. Oh, uh, yeah, Otavio is the manager for, for, for Porto sitting next to Pinto da Costa there. There's Pena. Notice we didn't get a graphic with the starting lineups. We didn't get, we don't have a graphic of the clock. All we have is Seek's logo there with uh, saying Diret. I can't tell you how glad I am that has improved in the last 18 years. It's like how do we don't know who's playing. We're going to have to just figure it out as we watch. I could have looked up the, res the the starting lineups. I thought about it, but then I would have found the result and I don't want to know the result. I want to I want to react to it with you guys here. Oh, nice move there from Miguel. That was Miguel the Simo here. 
And Simone goes down, and the linesman has nothing to say right there. Georges Andrade winning a, a throw-in as he looked to have fouled Simone. And, yeah, the fans are not not agreeing with it right now. <laughs> He's got his hands all over all over Simone. Yeah, it's a little soft. He went down easy, but... I believe the right back is Mark Caneda, who would play for Sporting later and for the Portuguese national team. Who do we have there? That guy looks Argel, Spanish, Spanish central defender. And there's a short freak. Okay, Jean, uh, George Costa plays it upfield. Picture is a little blurry, a little hard to see who these players are. But there is is that Capucho there for Porto twenty one? It looks like Capucho. I'm not sure who that Benfica center back was that just shielded him off. This was a like I said, this was a time period where I really was not able to watch the matches that much. Robert Enka. Ruben Jr. Maybe that's who that was, is what the announcer is just saying. Okay. Cesar is the is the center back for Benfica. Okay, there's Montorish. Look at Montorish. Get implying pressure there, and there's Porto way offside. Yeah, that fan is pissed right there. It's you, you know, it's funny the 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 mood starts well, and then as soon as the ball is kicked, it's like it it becomes a Porto match, and you just feel the air coming out of us. And there's just like a panic when Benfica plays Porto. That's Miguel on the ball there, with the left footed nice pass towards Simo. Simo is in, looking for help. Oh, he looked for, he looked for Montojas there. Montojas was being chased by George Costa. Let's look at this replay. Simo at pace, going down the right, cuts it back. Nice ball. Okay, and it was blocked by. Oh, Costinho was the one pressuring the former Portugal international, pressuring Montojas. Montojas' shot goes wide. And here's a little bit more football abombo from both teams here as we turn this into a volleyball match for a minute. And there's Deku. Argel with a nice tackle on Deku there. Throw in for Porto. Who do we have there? That number four. He looks not familiar at all. I'm going to be honest with you. This, like I said, this is a period of time in Benfica history where I was nowhere to be found. Well, I should say they were nowhere to be found. Very hard to access matches. Oh! Kapushu puts it off the bar on a si overhead scissor kick. What in the heck happened there? What a cross. Okay, it was headed by Benfica center back. Capuchu, sidewinder, puts it off of the bar. Porto very nearly goes ahead in the Stadio de Luz here. Wow. Julius Cesar is the number four, it sounds like. There's Montojas. You know, we never got to see Montojas at his best, man. That's one thing I really 
I really um, lament because he was slated to be one of the greats. I mean, it was quite a signing for Benfica when they managed to bring him in. And you can see here, he's healthy. He's starting from the beginning and how he moves. Much different than the the Montojas we saw, you know, in the 2004-2005 title run. That would ha only had 15 minutes to give. And he'd give you a goal, though, in those 15 minutes. You'll notice Miguel is playing, well, right now he's opening wide, but you'll notice he started much further up the pitch than you'll remember him as. That's because it was a bit later when Miguel would be converted into a right back and start a long, long tradition, Portuguese tradition, of converting attacking players with pace into outside backs. And you watch the national team today, that's the case for every single outside back. Um Miguel was the first. There's a nice ball. Oh, oh. and if he could win a win a throw in deep in the in the zone there. There's Miguel. Okay, so that's Cabral. Number four is Cabral. I thought Cabral was Miguel because I think that's his full name, Miguel Cabral. But okay, they're two different people in this match. There's a turn. I think that was Zahovic there with the turn, but he was he was robbed, dispossessed. And Julio Cesar plays it out. Doesn't take any chances there. Brazilian center back. I'm remembering him a little bit more now, now that I've heard the name. How about those kits? Those are pretty sweet. The Befica kits I'm a big fan of. A uh, little bit baggy. I remember wearing baggy baggy. Uh, Uniforms like this. My my jersey in high school when I played, you know, was you could wear it out to a hip hop concert if you wanted to. It was so baggy, and uh, that was definitely the style of the of the time, as you can see in this in this video. This match is definitely not in HD. Look at Mantojas. Look at that speed on George Costa there. He's fouled. Gets up. Keeps playing. He's got it on his right. Fast feet. Plays it towards the middle, but it's cleaned out by Costinha. Cabral here. He plays a tough ball there to play, but towards Simo. Here goes Porto. Is that Deku? That's Deku, and down he goes. Argel. <laughs> That's a lot of what I remember of Argel's game was a lot of, of that. A lot of hacking. You know the old saying, if the ball goes by, the man does not. Argel was definitely a guy who believed in that in that statement there. As we look on, it looks like the ball was handled there. but And a yellow card to Argel. Vitor Pereira there with, I'm not even sure who that Porto player is. Tony, the manager. And uh, is there a more loyal Benfica than Tony? I mean, that guy's story, we'll get to it in a moment. Is Benfica look like they're going to concede another throw-in? Tony was coach of Benfica, won the title, okay, and then was demoted to first assistant when Eriksson was brought back, Sven-Goran Eriksson, because Benfica wanted to, to attack. They had a European dream. Look at that turn by Deku. My goodness. What a turn from Deku on that. Let's look at that again. He beats two players on the turn, puts it on his shooting foot. It, the, the shot comes out crooked, but, man, what a turn. He re how, how did Benfica let that guy 
slip through their fingers. Okay, he was in our setup, and somehow he ended up, you know, never got past Alverca, who was a, a like a, a feeder team at the time. On his way, found his way to Salgueiros and then to Porto, and the rest is history. Went on to be one of the best midfielders that ever played in Portugal. Yeah, Tony, back to Tony, he would be he would be demoted. Benfica would go to the, the European Cup final with Ericsson, but Tony, rather than leave, because he could have been a, a head man anywhere, he he stuck out with Benfica, went back to being the number two to Ericsson, to his former mentor, and um, would then become manager again later. Okay, and then maybe in one of the most disheartening, in the beginning of this Vietnam era, as we call it, was, you know, Tony winning the title in 94-95 after the Vronkent or whatever they call it, the hot summer. As Pena now runs in at the... He goes right by him, and are we going to have a penalty kick? No, referee says no right away. Uh, some things don't change about Porto, though. They get near that area, man, and they, they're looking for the grass. But Tony would win the title against all odds that season. And Pena's effort goes wide there, the header. Tony would, would guide that team to the title. And I there's an interview out there on YouTube if you look for it. It's really, it's almost sad. They're celebrating the title, okay, in Bar in Braga. They had beaten Gil Vicente at Braga. They were playing the game at the Primeira de Mayo, if I'm not mistaken. Benfica won that last game. They won the title. And the reporter asks him if he had heard the news that Benfica had signed Michel Prudhomme. Maybe my favorite goalie of all time. And Tony completely left out of the loop. Said, Prudhomme? And, you know, translated, he said, why would we go get Prudhomme? We have two perfectly good goalkeepers here. And the reporter tells him, no, it's in the news. It's been confirmed. It's 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 everywhere that Benfica have, have, have secured the signature of Michel Prudhomme to be the goalkeeper next year in... in Tony was dumbfounded, and we found out why. Because a few weeks later, Tony would get the sack after winning the championship, and Artur Jorge would be brought in. Claudio Canigia would come in. Benfica did make an effort to make a to have a good European run. Hard to think about that in these days. That's that's like impossible because we do the opposite today. But yeah, so a manager w was let go after winning the league because they wanted a bigger profile manager for the European Cup, or for the Champions League, as it was beginning to be called. And they went to get previous winner, Artur Jorge, which the, the following season was a disaster. But if you could have put together a decent Champions League run going out in the quarterfinals to, if I'm not mistaken, the eventual champion, AC Milan. But they did not win the title, and they would not win the title for 11 more years as we see Capuchu get a yellow card. And... Um, a lot of decisions Benfica made at that time make you scratch your head, but again, a lot of the decisions they're making today make me scratch my head, so who knows. Capucho eh, doesn't agree with his yellow card. Nunu Capucho. One of the many sporting youth products that find their way to, to Porto for the prime years of their career. If you think also about some other ones like, uh, well, Futru was not in his prime, but Futru found his way to, to Porto. Uh, João Moutinho, for example. So, 
Man, what a player Montojas was. All right, so we see Anka collecting the ball here. Not a t not the tallest of goalkeepers, Robert Anka, but uh, he did go on to become Bayern Munich's goalkeeper, if I'm not mistaken, and Barcelona's. Um, you know, sat behind uh, Oliver Kahn. He was a, a German goalkeeper at the time. Oliver Kahn had the position, you know, closed off to everybody else. Here's Miguel. Is that Miguel there? Yeah, that's Miguel, the future right back. George Andrade wins the ball away. So Rubens Jr. Nice job by Fernando Meda to win the ball. Fernando Meda would go on to have himself a pretty good career abroad and in the national team uh, for the 2006 World Cup, at least. Remember him there at that time. He won a title in Germany, I believe, with Stuttgart. But like I said, you know, or perhaps I haven't said it yet. You can see in Porto already the seeds of what would go on to be the Champions League winning side. Costinha, Deku. There's Mario Silva, and that's a pretty bad cross. He'll wish he had that back. But like I said, you see the nucleus being built here for uh, for the Porto team that will go on to conquer Europe later with José Mourinho. Um, you know, you got... You got Deku, you got Costinha, George Andrade, not George Andrade, he'd be gone by then, but but you got uh, George Costa. Vitor Bahia would return. Plus, you still got guys that are going to show up like Manish and, and um, Derley, among others. Isn't it weird seeing somebody play for Benfica at this time with the number 21 jersey and it's not Nuno Gomes and I, so I have to think Nuno Gomes must have been a Fiorentina at this time um, as the number 21 is being worn by Marco Caneda we got a shot there of Drulovic too a guy I remember much more from his time at Porto but I do remember Benfica signing him um, but again the this was a window of time there where where I kind of lost touch with Benfica in terms of watching them. I was following them all, you know, I was following the results online. I was reading the papers online. Um, I would listen to the radio broadcasts when I could get one. But for the most part, it was hard to watch Benfica. Some newscasts, you would see highlights here and there. This Drulovic against his former team, Cabral. Nice move there by Cabral. Good ball. Drulovic with the outside of his left foot. He puts it out for a goal kick. But um, like I said, you can see the seeds for Porto. But looking at this Benfica team, you, what I see is a bunch of guys that were not around for much longer. Um, not really sure what happened to most of these guys. I don't remember you know, uh, Drulovic leaving. There's Carlos Andrade. I don't remember what happened to Argel. I don't remember, you know. This Cabral guy, I'm not sure whatever happened to him either. But Miguel, I remember. But he wasn't with Benfica very long. He would 
he after winning the title in uh 2005 he was he was off to I believe Valencia Nice play by Andrade there to, to rob Deco of the ball. Simone running it, but there's just too many blue and white shirts for Simone to run through there. Nice play there to, from Julius Cesar to head it back to Robert Enka. And I have no idea how much time has elapsed. I have no idea. I know there's no score, but I have no idea how much time has elapsed. But if I look at my YouTube feed, it says 24:19 gone by, but it was about five minutes of lead-in to the to the match. So um, I'm guessing we're getting close to the 20-minute mark here as Andrade picks up a foul. Otavio Machado, I, uh, somebody who's been. Uh, you know, another Spartanista who went to help out Porto. Maybe he's a Portista who went to Sporting. I don't really know. Um, he's another guy that was associated with both of our rivals. They seem to like to team up when one of them's a little down. They like to help the other team out to try to ensure that we do not take the throne. Argel is all over the back of Pena there. Yep. He can't believe. He just put his arms around him and can't believe that he was called. Free kick for Porto again. Look at all right. There's a tug. He's got both arms around him. He's getting up near the throat at this point, and then he pulls him back with the right arm, and then he can't believe he was called for it. Kind of comical sometimes the way professional players uh, like to uh, argue their case when, especially in this day and age with with TV and cameras everywhere. Look at that, Josualdo for with a you know on Benfica's bench. Guy who would come to coach the team on the other side of the field and win titles with them. Miscommunication there. Deku plays the ball out. Oh, yeah. She's got nothing but nice things to say. Now she's laughing. Take a look at that fan there. Meta does well there to win it away from Kapushu. I remember Meta playing some center back too, if I'm not mistaken. I remember him kind of, uh, kind of going on to become a center back. But uh, in this match, he's playing in midfield. He does wear the number six. He's playing the number six. I feel like as he got older, if I remember correctly, he kind of migrated his way towards the back line. Deku unable. He's switched sides now. Deku has. Unable to bring that one down. He's a little frustrated with his teammates there. Uh, look, no need to replace the pitch here in, in 2001, was there? That that pitch looks perfect um, here in the old stadium. The stadium, of course, is getting quiet right now. Uh, there's 20 minutes in now, we were just told. And uh, no goals. But the crowd has kind of been taken out of it. We saw that that hot crowd at the beginning of the match. Now they're kind of out of it a bit. Ibarra is the right back there for Porto. Give and go with Ruben Jr. But Caneda does well to see that one out. But he takes a hit for it from Ibarra. And he's going to take a little exception to it. 
Sharknado wearing the long sleeve jersey. Something we don't see anymore either. A lot of talk online from fans. They want Adidas to release the long sleeve kits. And players don't really wear the long sleeves anymore. They wear the Under Armour underneath nowadays. Oh, and Simone just got whacked. This has got to be a yellow card. Yep, Vitor Pereira is calling the Porto player over. What's it? Mario Silva. As Porto doing what they always do. Look at that. Look What they always do. Huddle around the referee. They're very good at that. They're going to try to talk him out of showing that yellow card. George Costa standing right there. He doesn't need to be there. He's not a union rep. He doesn't need to stand right there just because he's the captain. Oh, I I hated that player, George Costa. That is a guy that I had no, no love for whatsoever. I never liked that guy. And look at that. Look at that. He's finally going to show the yellow card after 10 minutes of bargaining. Yellow card to Mario Silva. Goes up with his arm in the air, and he just nails Simo on the head there, side of the head. It is interesting that Befica at this time, um, I would love to see what their budget was. Here's Simo with the cross. George Kosha with the with the defensive play. I'd love to see what their budget was at this time. Because we'd see the kind of players Benfica would bring in later, you know, a decade later under Georges Zouge. Um, but these, a lot of these guys are, are coming from lower teams. Um, not that different from what they do. Nice turn there by Cabral. And he's going to draw a foul. Nice, well done. Um you know, there's no big names besides for Simo in this team. Um, Miguel would go on to become a, a pretty big name, but as a right back. And, uh, you know, but it's not like today either where we see all of these future kids that we can't wait to sell for $100 million. This is a really kind of a uh, makeshift Benfica team. This is kind of a, a balling-on-a-budget kind of Benfica team. It's like they constructed it, you know, with a very tight budget, and they got the best players they probably could for what they could spend. But a very different Benfica than what we see now. In the, in you, you could see it. it is, uh, you know, you just don't see. You see some workers in there. You see a little bit of class, but you don't see the, you know, not even like a. Well, last you know, there's no, there's nobody here who resembles a Jonas or a João Felix that we had a season ago. Nobody here reflecting, you know, a future like you know, Promessa, a future prodigy like like Florentino Luiz or even to a lesser extent Jetson or Jota. There's just there is no hype around this team. These are just decent players that the club went out and got to try to build a team with. The announcer just said that only seven times has there been a scoreless draw for Benfica and Porto at this time in 2001. And Deco, I think, was trying to go for goal there. All right. 
is Otavio applauding? Much thin, thinner Otavio than we would see years later. And the referee's going to give a free kick to Porto. What a surprise. I guess Meda got Costinha a little bit there, but who knows. Remember that player Costinha coming out of nowhere in Euro 2000? I was I was a kid. Um, 2000, I would have been 17 years old. And I remember him playing for Portugal and having never heard of him. And then next thing I knew, he was on Porto. And we look on here as Julio Cesar just shields the ball and then nearly pays the price for it as Capucho nearly gets around him and nearly keeps it in. Montojas here to Drulovic to Cabral. Drulovic again, nice, nice footwork from the Serb. Oh. But Cabral is offside. He was going in on goal, trying to draw a penalty there. But he's offside. Probably wouldn't would never get a penalty kick called anyways in a game like this against this team at this time in history. This is the fall of 2001. So I believe Boavista are the defending champions this season in this match. Um, a rare season, you know, one of only two seasons in history where one of the big three were not the champion, where someone actually managed to take the title from him. And, man, I can't get over how odd it is now to see Josualt Ferreira on Benfica's bench. And uh, I remember that he was with Benfica for a long time. I actually, ooh, as, as Inca gets the ball off of Deku's feet there. I remember one summer going to Portugal, and uh, Alverca was training near my father's house. And we went to watch Alverca train because, you know, we were soccer junkies, essentially. And um, going to watch training for, for a soccer nerd like me is is pretty exciting. And Josualdo was the manager for, for Alverca at the time. I think that was before this. It may have been a year or two after, but I believe it was before this because he would return to Benfica afterwards, and then he would coach Braga. And then, unfortunately, you know, go to the darkest of dark sides when he would take over at Porto. Nice turn from Simão on Jorge Costa there. And, you know, we look back at these years as having bad Benfica teams and them playing bad. But in what I've seen so far in this match, we're, what, 25 minutes through, maybe 30 minutes through this match. Much better football than I'm seeing from the current team. I do have to say, um, maybe there isn't the same, there isn't the dominance that the team right now has over its opponents, but of course, they're playing a stronger opponent here. But, oh, that's a nasty tackle right there from Andrade. He's going to go in the book as Pena gets nailed. No, no idea whatever happened to that guy either, to Pena. But Andrade is going to go into the book. Trying to apologize. The Protista will have none of it. Is that Josh, is that Pete Costa up off the bench telling Penner to calm down? If this one thing I hate, it's presidents being on the bench. They have no business there. They are not. 
your job is in the office. It's not on the pitch. That is an area specifically for technical staff, for coaches and technical staff. And um, Brunt Carvalho, you know, would be sitting on the bench all the time next to George Zouch. And, um, you know, I don't think they bring anything to being there other than putting un- unneeded pressure on players and coaches and unneeded scrutiny on decisions. But what do we have here? It's Deku sends in the free kick, but Enka's out to get it. And the game here in 2001 much more resembles the game we watch today than it would say if this was from 1991. As I'm seeing, it wasn't as different. Um, you want to you want a real <laughs> nostalgia? Go go even further back in time. Go to 2001, 2000. Uh, sorry, go to 91, 86, 87. Watch some of those Serie A matches from the late 80s and early 90s when that was the best league in the world. Pretty uh, entertaining stuff if you ask me, but there's some a few things, quirky things, that we can't even think of today, like how players used to, um, be before FIFA had introduced the rule where you couldn't pass the ball, when you pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, he couldn't pick it up. Before that rule was put in place, teams would kill, you know, they'd get a goal and then they would kill a good... 60-70% of the remaining match doing that. Goalies would pick the ball up. They'd roll it out, pick it up again. Just interesting things that were allowed back then. As we see a cross from Drulovic headed down by... Who was that? Headed down by Meta, But nowhere near the goal. Good cross from the left-footed Drulovic to the far post. Meta trying to head that back across goal it looked like. Miguel now playing on the left side as he won that ball in the air. Canada's playing left back. Interesting. Um, perhaps he is a left back. I, I'm now not sure if I'm remembering correctly whether or not he was a right or a left back. Looks like he's playing left back. Deku's found his way to the other side of the pitch. Canada with the throw in here for Benfica. And a lot of space. I'm shocked how much space there is for these guys to play in. Drulovic has the ball now. He sends a long one to nobody. Porto under control again. Now they're building a play. Nice give and go between Mario Silva and Costinha. Mario Silva with the left-footed in swinging cross. Dealt with by the defense. Benfica going to try to get a counterattack of their own. Nope, Costinha is going to win the ball right there. Mario Silva to Jorge Andrade. Capuchu, they're going to pl- put the ball wide. Nope, they're going to stay central. There's a lot of space on the field. The outside corridors are wide open. I feel like teams tactically today are much better um, at closing down space and at not allowing um, this type of free flow. Of football, but you're seeing a pretty wide open game here, which is not like a Clásico. The Clásicos we see today, as I call them, they resemble Toiradas more than they do football matches. They resemble bullfights. Um, they're just battles, but this this game is pretty wide open. There's Canada. 
everybody's got tons of space to carry the ball on this field. And we got a counter for Porto here. Nice play. But good recovery from Benfica. And the Andrade will pass it all the way back to Enka. He's a good little he's a good player here, this Carlos uh, this uh sorry, this yeah, Carlos Andrade, the current Benfica women's manager. That was a smart heads up play there. You can see why he might have become a coach. He's got he's got the mind for it. There's Deku again. Now he's on the he's moved sides. This is something back in this time frame you'd see a lot of too. I know, for example, you know, in the national team, you'd have Sergio Conceição on one wing and you'd have Luis Figo on the other and they would uh, they would play 20 minutes on one side, they would switch, they'd go to the other side for 20 minutes and there was a lot more free flow in position to in today's game, Rafa plays on the left so he can have his right and PZ plays on the right. They don't you don't see them switch the way you saw outside players switch here in in 2001. Uh, Tony Andrews Waldo look on. Tony with the Benfica tie on there. Ibarra about to take the throw in for Porto. Good work there from Mefica to get the ball back. Mefica actually looked pretty good. For a time, we looked down on the team. Cabral's cross is, is dealt with by the back line, but oh, Ruben, says, says Otavio Machado. He's yelling at Ruben Jr., but it's Cabral with the throw. And no, Mefica actually, nice turn there by Montorish. But they don't look half bad. You compare this to the Benfica we watch we watch today, you know, you watch some of the matches they've played this season. There's a lot more free fluid flu, free fluid movement here in this in this match than there was in that one as we see uh, Simon fouling. Is that Simon that just or made a fouling? Deku penetrates a free uh, tries a scissor kick there. But here goes Benfica again. Simon and Porto collect after the ball is sent long. And now we have a foul by Meta on Mario Silva. A lot less fouls also, I think, in this match than what we see nowadays. It, look, the, it looks like the game has been flowing much better than it does in 2019. Yeah, so 36 minutes played, I is what I just heard. And there's another foul. This time it's Cabral. On Ruben Jr. And Ruben Jr. with those low socks. <laughs> the Rui Costa style. The low socks hardly come halfway up your shin. With tiny little shin guards slotted in. This That was also a style you saw a lot of in those days. Of uh, Andrade also sporting the low socks. The, the high socks up over your knees hadn't come yet. That would be more in the in the advent of the Cristiano Ronaldo era, era as I remember him being one of the first to pull his socks all the way up above his knees. Um, very, very 
um, different styles for sure in those days. As we look, to, why do we have to look at that guy? Get that guy off the screen. Was peeking through the cush there. No business on the bench, like I said. Neither does LFV. Luis Felipe Fieda. He was he had he had to be in one of his first years as man, as a uh, president here. Canada clears long and got a little bit of a battle there in midfield with Porto. He's gonna settle it. Ibarra wide. Nope. Ibarra can't handle the, the soft pass and it goes out for a throw in. And you know, it, Benfica, again, Benfica is at worst playing Porto very even right now. And um, you can even say that they've had some of the better chances. So we head, you know, towards the last quarter of an hour of this first half. There's Capuchu. Jorge Andrade with the long ball. He plays a switch all the way across the pitch, but it goes to nobody. Mario Silva cannot get there. I don't think that's what what Jorge Andrade was trying to do. And neither does Otavio. Look at him in disgust. Oh, he almost fell. Cabral with the ball now. Cabral plays it up. Nice cross from Mario Silva there. And here's Simo. To Cabral. Montorge has a heavy touch, but he recovers. But it's still taken by Deco and another foul. Cabral on the foul there. And it looks like, is he going to stay out of the book? Nope, he goes into the book. So Cabral gets a yellow card from Vitor Pereira there on a late challenge. He gets there late and gets Deco on the shin guards. But um, some good some good uh, skill on display in this match, and um, certainly this Cabral is is showing some good play. Uh, Simo is looking good, so Deku's looking good for for Porto. Nice tackle there for Benfica. I believe that was Argel. Yeah, it was. There he is. Baggy collared shirts, man. Wow. What a blast from the past. Does anybody wear collared shirts anymore in, in world soccer today? I know Benfica had collared jerseys maybe maybe two seasons ago. But. Oh, Montojic gets nailed. Gets nailed at the top of the area. Free kick coming. Is there going to be a card? It's Josh Kosh. So he's talking to the referee again. And let's see. Are they going to mob? Nope. Now, Fernando Meda is going to go there and do his his uh, part of politicking to try to. Nice move there by Montojic. Great touch to cut the ball back into space. And, oh, it was not Mon it was not George Andrade. Is that Ricardo Carvalho? That was Ricardo. I believe that was a very young Ricardo Carvalho that fouled Montojic there on that play. Wearing the number four. I think that's who that was. They, he, they're calling him by just his first name, Ricardo. And I believe that is Ricardo Carvalho. I have to get a closer look. As we look on, the ball is at the top of the half moon. Fans look on a little bit, waiting for something to happen. What a young-looking Montojo. Wow. Wow. Hard to believe this was so many years ago. Hard to believe it. 
I mean, it, looking at it, it doesn't look like it was. There's some things that are different. There's some styles that are different, but it definitely doesn't look like it was, you know, almost 20 years ago now. So the Porto wall has moved up, and uh, Vitor Pereira has moved them back again. Who's taking this free kick? Is it Simo? Oh! Simo puts it off the bar. Now each team has one off the bar. What a free kick from Simon Sabroza. He absolutely hammered it, and it just, he puts it around the wall perfectly. It's dipping, and it just doesn't get under the bar. Very lucky for Porto to not fall behind there. Very unlucky, Benfica is not to be ahead at this point. Great play there by, by Simon Sabroza. Now he's going to take the corner kick, and let's see where this goes. Oh, looks like Meta got to the end of the corner, headed it, a, got a redirection across goal, but nobody could get it on the end of it. And uh, danger averted for Porto. Unfortunate for us. Oh, that was not Meta. That must have been, must have been Argel. And a nice uh, goal kick here for Porto. Ofshnikov, if I remember his name correct. Look at the crowd, man. Look at that. Jumping up and down. Not taking selfies. Watching the game. 100% focused on the match. Oh. The referee's going to blow a foul here as it looked. Rubens Jr. looks like he pulled down Miguel, but they were fighting for it. They were each pulling each other, but Miguel lost his balance first and won the foul. Interesting how that works sometimes. The player that, that is fouling a little less thus gets pulled down and I guess wins the call. We got the ball going up the field now. Benfica controlling it. Benfica winning more balls than Porto in this first half, I, I would say. There goes Deco again. Through people again. This time he's not going to get the call. He was nudged, but he's not going to get the call. And Deco is frustrated right now. Benfica seemed to have him well scouted. But here goes here goes Porto again. Nice play there defensively by... Was that Andrade? It might have been. Again, this is not an HD. This is this is very much in <laughs> uh, SD, and uh, it's quite blurry on the screen. But it's still very fun to watch this right now. Look at Montorish. Nice ball from Montorish into space, but looks like who is that there? Was that Andrade? He's not going to get there if that's him. But it looks like Benfica is going to have a throw or a corner here. It's a corner. They're setting it up. And that is that was Ricardo Carvalho playing center back. Very young Ricardo Carvalho with some serious flow going on in that hair. <laughs> Simo again trying to get around Deku. Deku plays it out for a throw-in. Drulovic gives it back to Simo off the throw-in. Simo with a nice cross. 
but it's dealt with by the center back. You know, this Benfica team may not have won anything. They may not have done much, but they're battling in this game, and this is something we lack today. They're just, they are they are battling for 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 fifty fifty balls. They're trying to get there first. They're winning a lot of uh, of duels. You contrast this to the to the match we had against Porto at home earlier this season. If you fast forward back to two thousand and nineteen, and uh, we got a graphic on the screen there. Not sure, counting down to something. Not sure what that is. It's too blurry for me to see it. And Robertenka. Comes out and collects the crossbow. You saw Porto come into our new Stadio de Luz this season and just smack our team around physically, smack them technically, you know, uh, tactically. And that's not at all the case here in 2001, where, um, well, neither team is defending champion, but, but both teams are, but, oh, and we got half time just like that. Just like that, we got half time. Um, but yeah, no. Porto are not by any means imposing a physicality on Benfica that we're used to seeing in in today's game, you know, and for for much of the past decade, even in in the years of the Tetra, many of our performances against Porto were just were not good. We were scared, we were intimidated. This game's wide open. Benfica are playing like they have nothing to lose. All right, it's halftime uh, at the old Stadio de Luz here. We're gonna take a break too. Uh, when we come back, it'll be the second half, but we're going to take a break here for a quick word, and um, we'll be back on the other side, all right? So go ahead and and uh, get a refill on your snack. Grab another Sagres, grab another Super Buck, whatever you're enjoying, and we will be right back with the second half. This is Mr. Benfica. Watch along. Benfica versus Porto, 2001. Welcome back to this watch-along, uh, Mr. Benfica, in our time machine back in 2001. In, um, before we, we, keep, we continue, don't forget to check out uh, the social media. You can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica or on Facebook by simply just searching Mr. Benfica on it, two words on Facebook. Now, in the interest of time, I have moved ahead. So what, um, what has happened so far in this second half, uh, what we've had happen is there has been a substitution for Benfica. Tony has sent on Socotta um, and replaced Miguel. Socotta, the Greek, I believe, I believe he was a Greek player. Um, perhaps he was Croatian. I shouldn't. <laughs> um, a Baltic, we'll call him a Baltic player as my memory is now is now eluding me a little bit, but uh, Sokota has come in, and what's happened is Miguel has come has come out, moving um, Simon from a more central role out to the right side, and Simon is on the right, Drulovic is on the left, and now Sokota is going to be playing in behind Mantuchas, um, playing as like a true number ten. So what I'll say to everybody is gra- get to your 
YouTube source now and queue it up to the um, the video. Go to where it is one hour, nine minutes, and 26 seconds. We'll pick up the second half there. We're about a little more than 10 minutes into the second half. Nothing has happened um, other than the substitution that I just uh, told you about. Befica have a corner kick and press play in three, two, one. And there's Montojic and Ricardo Carvalho right there. Drulovic taking the corner kick. And Meda gets there, but the header is well wide. Doesn't trouble the goalkeeper as we see Tony again. There's Argel, the Spanish central defender. Uh, and he, we're just told he had already been a Porto player. So there is some, uh, some ex-Porto in this Benfica team for sure. Drulovic. Um, Argel and if I'm not mistaken Zahovic must be on the bench for this game and there's Andrade uh, marking Capucho defending good job standing him up oh and a cross comes into the area but a foul against Porto Cabral ends up on the ground Costinha pushes him down Referee gives Benfica a free kick inside their own penalty area, and Cabral is out. We're playing. Find Simo. Simo to Fernando Meira, and another foul. No, referee says nothing. And there you go. That is the derby right there. Cabral, lucky not to have gone in the book before. He just laid it onto Ruben Jr. in retaliation for the referee not calling the foul. On against Simo, he literally just puts his, he clotheslines him. Yeah, <laughs> he extends his arm out and he clotheslines him like you see in the WWE or in the AEW. Um, very, very. Uh, there is an element of that missing in this match. I have to say, this is a classico. This is supposed to be a grudge match, and it's been it's resembled like a. It's been pretty, but it's not what you expect from that type of match. It's been wide open, free flowing. Almost like a, a training match as Costinha sends the ball in on the free kick and it goes out for a goal kick. Inca's going to take the goal kick here. Another player on the ground there for Benfica. Ibarra takes him down. No call. Ibarra's going to throw it in. Ball's back in play. Capucho. Back to Ibarra. Nice play there by by Drulovic to block it. And still on Ibarra. And he finds Jorge Costa. So Ricardo Carvalho, Jorge Costa, Deku, Costinha. The spine of the Champions League winning Porto team is already here. It's it's uh, quite, a, quite a squad here. Um, and of course, they would win the Champions League in uh, you know three seasons after this, um, when everything changed for that club the day that Jose Mourinho showed up. And of course, you know, you know uh, another mis mismanagement by Benfica in letting Jose Mourinho uh, leave. Of course, shout out to Jose Mourinho, new uh, coach Tottenham Hotspur. Which is um, the club, of course, supported by a friend of the show, Pete Domican. Pete, uh, congratulations on your new gaffer. Uh, I hope he serves you well. I hope Tottenham finish ahead of Man United every season. Okay, and I have been a Man United fan 
for much of my life as we see a corner kick there. I had been a Man United fan for most of my life. I, I watched them since 1992 when they showed up on uh, New England Sports Network on Nesson here in the Northeast uh, when the Premier League, and it was when I say the Premier League was on in, the, in 1992 or 93, uh, Manchester United was on every week. I watched Cantona and Giggs and Kanchelskis and, and Bruce and Hughes and all of those guys and Schmeichel. I became a Manchester United fan, but as long as Paul Pogba is wearing a Manchester United jersey, I do not support Manchester United. And after the way they they just tanked to to sack Mourinho, who I agree. Listen, Jose Mourinho was right. He said that hit, that accomplishment of getting second place with that team was the biggest accomplishment of his career. The sad thing is that's true. They never forgave him for that being true. And, um, you know, he never should have been sacked from United in my point. It never should have gotten that bad. It got that bad because of a miscalculation because he put his trust and he put the, the owner's money in Paul Pogba and Paul Pogba stabbed him in the back. To me, Paul Pogba is a piece of trash. All right. I don't I wouldn't want him on my club and I will not support a club that has him on their team. Um, so I hope I hope Tottenham absolutely smack Man United when they play. Also, um, Mourinho's number two, interestingly enough, João Sacramento, or as I met him, I met him five years ago, three years ago, five years ago, excuse me, met him in 2013 in Philadelphia here in the United States. Nice cross there from Deku, but, but Pena unable to do anything with it. I met João Sacramento when he was giving a presentation at the National Soccer Coaches Convention here in the United States and Philadelphia on top-level scouting. And wouldn't you know it, at the time, João Sacramento was the chief scout for Monaco. I posted the picture on my social media this week, too. You probably saw it on my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, he was the chief scout. And in his in his presentation on scouting, wouldn't you know it, uh, the team, the scouting report he showed us is the one he wrote up for, as we see Deco getting pelted with bottles was in preparation for Monaco's Champions League match with Benfica, then coached by Rui Vitoria. Um, yeah, and he he showed, you know, how Benfica how Benfica would have a high line and how how they would Ooh, as we see a shot go wide from Ricardo Carvalho filling his foot and hitting that ball squarely, keeping it along the ground. But it goes wide. And yeah, if João Sacramento is as good of a number two as he is a scout, let me tell you, Tottenham Hotspur are in good hands. And this Jose Mourinho is in good hands. Um, very smart decision by the special one to get a younger staff and to get some more perspective. And um, I can't wait to see how that goes. I would love to see Tottenham um, displace, you know, Man United for the time being. I would love to see Tottenham win a league. With Jose Mourinho, um, as you know, we got Portuguese coaches doing big things everywhere this uh, coming weekend. Jorge Jesus, some of you love him, some of you hate him. Uh, he's going for a Copa Libertadores final on Saturday against against River Plate as he takes Flamengo to Lima, Peru, in a chance to win their second Libertadores, first in 38 years. 
as Pena is trying to get in on the ball. Here's Pena. And Andrade with another another tackle. You know what? This Andrade is a good player. It's no no surprise he's a good coach watching how intelligent he is as a player. Mato with a nice bit of of a change of speed there. And Mantochic. You're hearing Olays. You guys hear this? There are all Oh! 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 Sokata was brought down just... And apparently Otavio's got blue sunglasses on and doesn't agree. But uh, wow. What an ugly tackle from behind. I believe it was it was Kostinia. Oh, as he and and oh Sakata's knee. He falls with his knee completely bent at a ninety degree angle and his weight coming down behind it. He fell in like a in like a hurdle a hurdle position, like a, a hurdler you see in athletics. Hopefully he is all right here. Wow. But what a nice bit of play from Befica in the crowd. Chanting Olays at, at in a 0-0 match. That is, it kind of tells you how little Befica had had to cheer for in these years uh, leading into this match. Uh, as we see Drulovic, the former Porto player, ready to perhaps take this uh, from the left foot. Or will it be Simo again? It's Simo. This time he hits the wall. Montoja still with it, trying to go through Porto. Can't do it. And we got a counterattack coming. As I went on a tangent there, I apologize. Um, but I, I did want to give some props to, to my my buddy there who I was fortunate enough to meet, uh, João Sacramento. But, yes, very, very talented football mind. You see the graphic there. It's still 2-0. I can't tell what the – what does it say for time? It's white writing on yellow graphic. Very hard to read on this poor video quality, but it is still nil-nil. And um, moving towards the middle point of the second half here. And it looks like we have a substitution coming in. And Andrade comes off. Uh, how about an applause for the mister there? Ed Mielsen comes in. Okay, the Brazilian Ed Mielsen, a name I do remember. But what a... I think that was a very solid performance from Carlos Andrade. Um, gets a little bit of an applause there. And the ball is back in play. Meta heads it back in towards the end. But, yeah, as the the announcer just said, ball a ca, ball a la. Ball goes here, goes there. A bit of a ping pong match right now. Julius Cesar there. He played here in the United States for some time also with SKC, with Sporting Kansas City. I also remember that um, when I had a little bit of a relationship with Sporting Kansas City through their head scout, Matthew Martin. Um, I had met him at a, at a dinner. And I, um, well, he really, he helped me a lot. Matt Martin did. He taught me a lot about scouting and about coaching and um we had a few good conversations, a uh, few co phone conversations, and I was really um, watching a lot of sport in Kansas City at that time. So Julius Cesar, this is the first I remember seeing him play for Benfica, but I remember him at SKC. Montojas there pressuring. Is that Ricardo Carvalho? No, it's Ibarra. And Ibarra sends it up the field. Pena's trying to turn, 
finally does. All right, as I just paused this to <laughs> to cough, I do apologize. I'm going to pause the video for a second and make sure you guys uh, requeue it to get up to where I'm at. That way I don't spoil anything, give anything away before it happens. So I got my video paused right now at 1 hour, 21 minutes, and 42 seconds. Um, if you could go ahead and re-adjust um, your video to that point. Okay, I'll give you about 10 more seconds, and, and then I'll I'll count down the 3, 2, 1, and hit play, and we'll resume. All right, so I'll give you another minute there. As I did, ha I do apologize. I had to cough, and this is quite a long time to to record going straight forward and, you know, going along with a video and trying to keep it synchronized is, is a, a different kind of challenge but so far i'm really enjoying this i hope you all are also so at one hour 21 minutes 42 seconds let's hit play in three two one play as a goal kick was just taken and porto trying to break into the attack but we got cabral with the ball on his right foot does well Find Simo. Simo looking for options. Plays a nice ball to Montojas. No, that's not Montojas. Excuse me. That was Edmilson. And now we got Trulovic on the left. How's that for a, a change in times? A left-footed player playing on the left. You do not see that nowadays. Not in the attacking positions. So there's a little bit of a change for the way it was. What a move by Montojas beating Carvalho. Oh, how did that not go in? Sokoto with the header, but a save by Olenichev. Ovnikov, I forget his name. <laughs> Olenichev was somebody else. It was this Ovchinikov is his name. What a save. Oh, he had the whole goal, though, to, to, to put it at, and he put it right at the keeper. But overall, I think this is a pretty good performance from Befica. There goes Simo now. And the crowd's starting to come alive. We're starting to hear. So the crowd is was rabid at the beginning. This is an interesting thing, too. Off Chinikov is his name, as we see it on the back of his shirt. The crowd was hot at the beginning. But in terms of chants and songs, it... There isn't much of that. There's yelling and there's cheering and there's olays, but there's very little in terms. So that's one aspect, I guess, of the atmosphere that's improved. Because today you have the clocks singing and and the stadium is, for the most part, following along. Here in this old large stadium, it was probably much harder to do that. But with a huge crowd, it's um you don't hear much of the of the chanting, but. You can tell the crowd is really into the match, though. Just a difference in the times. Oh, nice nice effort there from Drulovic crossing it. And Montojic gets on it, but Ovchenikov is there. Ooh, 
and Canada just nails. Is that Capuche? And Canada goes into the referee Vita Pereira's book for that foul on Capuchu. Oh yeah, he just jumps into him and nails him. All right, this is getting a little bit more of the classic feeling, as far as the the match on the pitch that is. Uh, <laughs> the the announcer just said, We've already seen worse. Sure. <laughs> I think it was pretty reckless, but um, at the same time, you know, his eyes are on the ball the whole way, so I'll give Canada that. He never takes his eyes off the ball there. So he doesn't really necessarily see Capucho until it's late, and then he protects himself. Uh so, we're waiting here. Oh, look at that fresh young face. That is Elder Pustiga. Now a commentator, a very good one, actually. Now a very good commentator on RTP for the program uh, Grande Aria. Um, went on to have a very good career at several clubs. And it looks like young Elder Pustiga is ready, is about to come on. And let's see. As the crowd looks on, concerned as the game continues to go nil-nil. And the ball's now in play. Capuchu, he's up, he's playing. Plays it into space for towards Deku. Befica control. Julius Cesar, nice play by Julius Cesar. Lobs it up over the defender. And, oh! And we got a foul on... We got a foul on Porto there. It was actually Ed Nielsen that made that nice play with by... Uh, Flipping the ball up and over his opponent, but then he paid for it. And we got a substitution for Porto now. So Ruben Juniors comes off and Elder Pustiga coming on. A very baby-faced Elder Pustiga, as I said. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of the fun of watching these old matches. In, in addition to seeing the differences in the way the game was played and the way the uniforms looked, the styles... Um, is just seeing guys that you would see later in a much, much younger-looking version of themselves. Because, of course, they were much younger. There's Elder Pustiga right there. Wearing number 41, it looks like. Not the number 23 we'd come accustomed to seeing him wear in his career. Jorge Andrade there with the Ball into space. Oh, here we go. This is now the tempers are starting to come out as a horrible tackle there. Argel is down in pain. Vitor Pereira better have the card coming out. Who's the player that came in and, and tackled like that? Studs up. That was criminal. That would have been... That was Zelda Pustigo who just got on the pitch. My goodness. And now the, the the announcers are kind of backtracking on their original uh, thought that it was a little bit, <laughs> it was, they're backtracking. They thought it was a card, and now they're saying that they wouldn't show it. So I guess it looked worse at first uh, glance than it did in, in replay, but everything always looks less dangerous in a, in, a re, in a slow motion sometimes. Sometimes it looks worse in a slow motion, though, so I guess it's a double-edged sword. 
And well, Argel is receiving medical attention, but the game will restart. Whistles going off for Vitor Pereira as no card was shown. Long ball sent by Benfica towards the forwards. 31 minutes in. We got 14 to play here. And it's, there's a foul. Simone brought down. And it was Ricardo Carvalho again. Someone who would go on to be one of the best Portuguese center backs ever. And um, as you see, Simone's shoe was basically taken off from having his heel stepped on. Uh, Ricardo Carvalho would win the Champions League with Porto. He'd win the Champions League with Real Madrid. He'd win the English Premier League with with um, Chelsea. And I believe he's he's a coach now. He is on somebody's staff, and I can't remember who. Uh, perhaps it was Lille. Um, but I do know that he has his coaching badge. And um, I think he's going to be judging by how smart of a player he was as, and as a central back and just the high success rate of central backs becoming coaches. We could see Ricardo Carvalho go on to be a great manager someday. So we got two threats here. It's going to be Sakata. Oh, just wide. Sakata takes the left-footed effort there off of that free kick, but it goes, let's take a look here. It goes past the wall, a little high, a little wide. Not as troubling as it could have been. A lot of power behind it. Maybe too much to get it on frame. And Ricardo Carvalho takes the goal kick. Interesting. Haven't seen that too many times. Perhaps Ovchinikov has got some kind of a knock and he's not able to kick the ball at this point. Ricardo Carvalho plays it wide for Helder Postiga. Postiga gets to it, but Cabral is well positioned and is able to avert any danger by turning and collecting the ball. But now, ooh, Meta lost the ball there in midfield and then was forced to foul Costinha. And Meta will go into the referee's book. He reaches out, grabs him, but you know what? Costinha is down the second he feels anything brush up against him. But the yellow card count is getting high now in this match. And that fan right there does not agree. He's shaking his head. And uh, we got a free kick here for Porto. As this match is starting to wind down towards the last 10 minutes. As Deku has an effort from distance. No, that was Ibarra, excuse me. And he puts it high and wide. Anka to take the goal kick. Deku tries to use some magic, but Benfica collect it. Ball played into space for Montojic, but he's got two men on him. But look at Montojic fight for the ball. He even if he and he wins a foul, unbelievable, great work rate from Montojic there, as he's in a all-out battle with the defender for the ball. They're they're pulling each other. He was being defended by two guys. Manages to draw a foul, and Drulovic is there. So is. Uh, let's see. Sokota's coming around. There's Luis Felipe Vieira wondering what he's watching. <laughs> oh, and they're saying he's the man that built this team that that gave Benfica life again, made the rebirth of Benfica. 
But this is a this isn't a bad team. Oh, as Sokata's header goes just wide. Man. Who makes this cross here? This was a lovely cross. It looks like it came from Cabral. But the the header was just wide. The ball's already at the other end of the field. This is a much faster uh, paced match than we see today when these two teams face off. And you know, the latest rule change, and this, this reminds me, of having the short uh, goal kicks where the ball no longer has to lead leave the area really slows down the game. I know you know the defenders of of possession and the people who love possession football love it, but you just saw there in a matter of a blink of an eye, the the goal kick found itself at the other end of the field, and now we have a corner kick less than thirty seconds later as Deku goes on to take it. Deku delivers, and it's overshot and out for another goal kick, but. Um. Yeah. Now everybody plays their goal kick short and put themselves under immense pressure, for, even when they don't, when it's unnecessary. When you know the other team can press, it's like it's almost like a badge of honor that you have to carry the ball with short passes all the way from one end of the pitch to the other. It's really done a lot to slow the match down, to slow the game of football down. And um, you know, looking back at something like this, you can see the difference is. Every once in a while, as we have a steal there, Kaneda, Kaneda gets across, and oh, Sakata had it, and Befica cannot find the goal. What? Wow, Befica could be three nil up already. Sakata's effort saved by Ofshinikov on a great run by Kaneda, plays it into right into the stride of Sakata. Sakata puts it on goal, but Ofshinikov makes a save. The forward Befica keeper. Keeping his old team off of the board, so we've so we've got Drulovic here on the corner kick, the in swinging corner, and we're gonna have another corner for Benfica. As we look at the replay, and wow, full stretched big hand from. Of Shinikov, and then he gets up and manages to make another save on Simo on the rebound. Befica very unfortunate not to be ahead in this one. And the corner is an inswinger again, punched out by Ovshinikov. Crossed back in by Drulovic again. Sokata's got it. He's gonna force it back into the middle. It's cleared by by the Porto back line. And uh, the announcer says Otavio is almost on the field as he's losing his mind right here. George Costa with two big clearances there. As Befica knocking on the door looking for the winner at home. Porto looking happy to sit back and take a point right now. And it's going to be a substitution. Capuchu coming off as he will stop to move his headband up just a few inches and continue to walk towards uh, the sideline. Coming on for Santa Clara is Clayton, the Brazilian. And um, a defensive move, no doubt, for Otavio Machado here. As Benfica are pushing forward and pressing and looking to get the winning goal here. Mantorres puts it towards goal, but it is off Chinakov again. And we got another 
Alinichev, there that's the Alinichev I mentioned earlier. He looks ready to come on for Porto. And now if you go with the ball out to Drulovic on the right, the, the wingers have switched sides. Oh! Do we have a we have a tackle? There's cries for a penalty, but no call from the referee as Befica were breaking into the box. Tony can't believe it. Look at it. Look at that. He's got a sarcastic smile on his face like he already knew. And I would love to see a replay of that. But you know what? This game is so fast moving, there's no time for it. Here's Cabral already in the attacking third. Find Simon. Simon looking for options. Plays it in towards Montojic, but Ricardo Carvalho is there. And Meda with a tackle on the on the sideline. As he think he feels like he had hit it off of Costinha for the throw in. The linesman gives the throw to Football Club do Porto. Oh, and and then the reverse angle shows a very clearly that Costinha got ball on that play on Simone. No penalty. And it looks like Novar needed. <laughs> Novar needed in 2001 for this play at least. As, as Pena's being subbed out and he's pretending he doesn't know. The crowd's going nuts. Argel physically turns him around, taps him on the back, and gives him a little shove to send him towards the sideline. Pena's coming off. Alenichev is coming on for Porto. I believe Benfica still have a, a a change or two they can make. Yeah, it was a clean tackle as the replay shows again from Costinha. Very good player Costinha was at his time with with uh not just with Porto but um for the Portuguese national team. Hasn't had the same kind of luck as a manager or as a director, but certainly a good player. As we move into the closing stages of the match here, it looks like we have, I really can't read the graphic. I think it says 35 minutes gone in the second half. But again, white numbers on yellow in in low definition. Very hard to uh, read. <coughs> Excuse me there. And Argel plays it in. And the ball is switched to the left now where we have Marco Caneda who plays it there to Montorish. Montorish has done a lot of work in this match. He's looked really good. Oh, and we have another possible cry for a penalty there. Mefica still with the ball, still pressing forward. Fernando Meda does well. Back to Drulovic. Drulovic was the player that was just taken down a minute ago. It looked like uh, they're saying Vitor Pereira would have shown a yellow card for diving to Drulovic, but how Porto came out playing, he let it go. And there's Tony looking concerned as the ball is played in. But offside flag is up. And even then, Enka's not going to let that ball go into the goal. Offside or not, he runs it down. Rolls it up for the free kick.
month orders now. Oh, he's trying to find Sakata, but he overplays it, and Ovchinikov is the one with the ball now. We got a lot of battling going on in midfield. Here's Ed Nielsen for Canada. Julius Cesar. Canada again. Maybe unable to go forward right now. Interesting enough, you'd think they'd be wanting to send it, but there's some good play there at Nielsen. Sakata. Montorish, Montorish, look at that. Look, and he's still going. Look at Montorish. He was absolutely assaulted there. Montorish just carried the ball. He turned on, on George Costa. Carried the ball. He was carrying George Costa in a piggyback. George Costa gets on his back, and Montorish carries the ball with him on his back, essentially. And then finally, he's clipped down. By Ibarra, I believe it was. No, it was George Costa. Sorry. George Costa, I think, gets the yellow card for jumping on his back. Not so much the foul that that uh, was was suffered there. Free kick from Simo into the area. Goes out for a goal kick. And what are we saying? Five minutes of stoppage time? Four minutes. Okay, so we've reached. The graphic is counting down from four minutes now that we've reached the 90 minutes, I suppose. Of all matches to, to do a first watch along, it looks like I picked a nil-nil draw. <laughs> I don't know how many matches are out there, honestly, that I've never seen before or that I don't know the result to. So I thought this would be a, an appropriate first watch along. And this is something I want to keep doing from time to time, have these watch alongs. Or just have a classic review in the format that I normally review the show. But um, this has been fun. I mean, we've seen some great football in this match. I'm not going to lie. This is better than what we've seen from Benfica here in 2019-2020. Um, even without a goal. And and they just explained that Porto has already played at Alvalade, at the Luge, and has played at home against Boa Vista. Those were the four teams at this time. So it looked like Porto had a, a good start. Um, little spoiler alert, Sporting would go on to be the champion this year on this season uh, behind Peter Schmeichel and Mario Jardel. So Porto, the seeds are there for their championship, you know, their dominant run, but they wouldn't win the title yet in this season. Obviously, Benfica wouldn't either. But certainly an enjoyable 90, min 90 minutes here. Nice nice uh, play to break it up there by Julius Cesar. Argel, uh, poor pass. Ibarra is there first. Now Mario Silva, Deku. Back to Mario Silva. Deku really disappeared from the match after the, the opening stages. Benfica adjusted well and did well to cut his lanes. Um, I'd say that was a pretty good coaching performance from Tony in this match. Much better than his counterpart, I think. 
and the the commentators are just saying in the second half Deku kind of disappeared. I think this Benfica team had a lot to do with that. I, th- this match was played with a real high energy, and they're still kind of going. Considering it's early in the season, uh, you know, you watch the matches today, and I hate to keep, but the whole point of this is to compare it to today, and you just see t- players walking, and you see just lack of ambition, lack of urgency, and in here. You see a team here in 2001 that was hungry to do something, hungry to win something. So here we go. Here's Ed Nielsen. Ed Nielsen, oh, he tries to play the perfect ball into Simone, but unable. Ibarra cuts it off, and now it's a throw in for Porto as we enter the last minute of stoppage time here. And Porto are stalling, as they're very good at. But here's you got Stiga, I think that was backing down the Benfica defender. Throw into Benfica. And somebody's down there. Kaneda is down holding something there, back of his leg or something. Now he's he's on all fours, kind of hunched over. Looks like he's trying to breathe. Maybe he had the wind knocked out of him here. As we head to the final minutes of this match. And um, for those of you that have stuck with me through this whole thing, don't be afraid to hit me up. Let me know what you think of this format. And uh, if it's something you'd like to, to hear. Um, I just This was a rare opportunity for me to do it this way because I had no idea how this match was going to be. Um, I didn't know the score. It's starting to look like it's going to be a... A nil-nil draws. We're past stoppage time now with an, a, another foul there against Befica. Porto looking to set up one last free kick. But um, overall, that's it, the final whistle. Overall, I enjoyed watching this, and I enjoyed uh, reacting to it um, here on the podcast for you guys. And um, again, if you stuck with it through the end, thank you very much. I do appreciate I hope you enjoyed this. Um, a match that uh, definitely does not, not a famous night, but I think gives a good fair evaluation of Benfica at other times. But um, it also, I think, shows us what Benfica is lacking right now. And I talked about it over the course of basically these last, uh, you know, 90 minutes. What exactly is lacking? And I mean, some of those intangibles are not being reached by by the current Benfica team. You know, the talent is there. But, yeah, Simo's free kick just, just showed again. Now we're seeing the credits roll. So that's going to be it for this one as as Seek is about to end the broadcast. No post-game interview, no on-field interview, nothing. No post-game analysis from Portuguese television as usual. But um, overall, enjoyable match in my opinion. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um Befica today, I think if I think they would do well to sit here and watch this, and watch what a lesser Befica but a hungrier Befica would play like. This current team needs to play like they're hungry still. Yeah, they won the league, but but they have to play every year like they haven't won the league the way this team did, and uh, very unlucky on this night in 2001 for Befica to not uh, take home the three points. That's going to do it for this special episode. All right. Uh, We'll be back in our normal format for episode 40 
All right, it's going to be a review of Vizela, um, the match coming up in the next day or so. Uh, Vizela Benfica Taça de Portugal Portuguese Cup, fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we will review that match, and then depending what happens in the Champions League next week, um, whether or not Benfica decide they're going to go for it and going to decide they're going to they're going to compete, we'll see if. Um, if it's another lackluster performance, I'll probably just couple it in with the Vizela match. Um, if it's worth getting its own show and I feel that it deserves its own show, then I will uh, do a separate show just for the Champions League match um, against Leipzig. Also, um, in the next couple of weeks, I hope to do another review of the UEFA Youth League. All right, as you heard in episode 38 against Leon, the youth league um, also playing this week as Benfica take on Leipzig in the former East Germany uh, with, I believe, one point still needed to guarantee passage to the round of 32 for Benfica in this competition. But that is going to do it again. I am the Mr. Mike Augustino signing off. We'll see you in episode 40. Thank you for joining me for this very special, uh, different format, this watch-along and I hope to hear from you soon as well. Um, if there's matches you want me to review, classic ones, and you want me to watch watch along like I did today or do a standard review of a classic match, don't hesitate to hit me up um, on Twitter, at Benfica Mister. You can send me a message there. You can send me a message or direct message, as they call it, in Instagram, at uh, Mr. Befica on Instagram or on Facebook, Mr. Befica. Just put the two words in your search bar. Thank you, Benfica Nation. Uh, Forza Benfica, carrega Benfica, hashtag Pelo Benfica, damo 38. We'll see you next time here on Mr. Benfica. Hoje é dia de festa e eu quero juntar Minha voz aos milhares no estádio a cantar Ninguém pode parar essa onda danada É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar a vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar Esse clima de festa não vai acabar Sem mais uma vitória pra comemorar É ser bem glorioso, é o meu campeão É o Benfica que mora no meu coração No meu sangue vermelho de glória e paixão Deixa a águia voar que a gente vai vencer A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar a vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou
vai e pega, vem fica, vai e pega, a bola vai rolar, vem fica, vai e ganha. Chegou e agora vai arrasar A vitória é nossa e todo mundo vai vibrar A águia chegou e agora vai arrasar Vitória bem fica, todo mundo vai cantar Bem fica, vai pegar, bem fica, vai pegar A bola vai rolar, bem fica, vai ganhar Bem fica, vai pegar Só por ti